92.7 WMAY. Springfield's News and Talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the program. Once a month, we check in with Ryan McCrady, the head of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance, for an update on economic development efforts. We always appreciate his time. Ryan McCrady, welcome back to the program. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to get uh, started right away with something that's uh, going to be coming up tomorrow night before the Springfield City Council. Uh, they're going to be once again taking on a zoning issue that could determine the future of the iconic downtown building that's now known as the Wyndham City Center. The Forum 30 at one time, the Springfield Hilton, now, of course, the Wyndham. Uh, and uh, what's really hanging in the balance here is how much of a hotel it will continue to be, whether there'll be some apartment presence or whether, in fact, it will all wind up as government-subsidized housing, which the current owner says is a possibility if aldermen don't support the zoning change that would allow uh, more than half of the units there to be converted to apartments. Uh, Ryan, from an economic development perspective, uh, I don't know if you have a sense as to how you think this is going to play out, but how big are the stakes in all of this? Well, you know, I don't know how this will play out. Um, this will be the third time that the city council has uh, considered this, um, considered the property. The, the actual zoning is a little bit different from one time to the next, but um, it would be changing. So this building now is currently zoned to allow 200 residential units and then a 200 hotel uh, units. So it could go up right now to 200 residential units. Uh, from an economic impact uh, from the project, it, it's a little bit tricky because if this was, let's say, a office building in downtown that was uh, mostly vacant and uh, it was going to get converted to residential units, it's pretty simple to think that it was almost 100% a gain to the local economy. Converting a structure that's currently a hotel uh, to more residential units, there'll be both a gain and a cost. And the difficult question for the city and for the city council is, does the gain exceed the cost? Also, what's this mean for future uh, convention attraction and retention, you know, what's the economic impact of that? Um, those are all things that they're going to going to have to weigh. So, you know, I would say the stakes are, are pretty high on this. Uh, it's a landmark structure in our community. Um, it's one that's from, you know, I was born and raised in this community, and from my earliest childhood, I remember that structure being part of the landscape and the skyline of, of Springfield. So it definitely is something that's garnering a lot of attention uh, from from members of the public too. We know this has been a challenging time for the hospitality industry these last several years in particular, uh, but tourism is definitely rebounding here in Springfield, and we're starting to see numbers uh, now coming back to or even exceeding pre-pandemic levels. Uh, if we lose some number of the existing hotel rooms in the Wyndham, uh, how badly does that complicate the, the uh, economic uh, opportunities that come along with tourism? big conventions, drawing large groups of people into downtown? Well, I'm bullish on tourism in the future for our community. Um, I believe that we have great opportunities for tourism, and I believe the Convention Visitors Bureau does a great job of working with groups like the Chamber and the Growth Alliance and local businesses to support tourism. It will change um, based on what I hear from, from Scott Dahl. It will change what conventions we could attract and compete for. Um, so we, it's, it's not an easy decision, and not that, that zoning cases are ever easy. Unfortunately, I, I really believe in local governments, one of the toughest decisions that local government elected officials have to make are regarding zoning and land use, mainly because whatever decision you make, uh, your citizens try by it every single day, and they're reminded of it. So 
uh, these are, these are tough questions, but it it will change um, the strategy going forward for tourism. And I'm I'm bullish on tourism when you when you look at the numbers rebounding and think about the Shield Sports Complex coming online, what that's going to mean for demand for hotel rooms. I think the future is bright for tourism in Springfield. The other side of the coin with the Wyndham is that we've talked for a long time about the possibilities that uh, boosting the residential presence in downtown Springfield could mean. Perhaps development of more retail and more general interest retail, whether it's a grocery store or something along those lines. And some of the initial plans they talked about for this sound pretty cool to live in a building that would have uh, a pool and a workout area and maybe a sort of a food court and kind of a nice spot looking out across the entire city up on the 30th floor, which actually sounds pretty cool. If I were a, a younger single guy, I, it sounds like a place I, I'd frankly love to live, but a lot of these apartments they're talking about are going to be very small studio apartments, maybe 750 square feet, something along those lines. Do you have a sense as to whether there is a market for the couple hundred plus units they're talking about, some one and two bedroom, but also some of these very small, essentially hotel rooms turn into apartments right. is there a market for that in downtown springfield well but you know there's a significant demand for residential units in downtown um but this product quote-unquote product of this development as proposed would be a new product into the market uh so it's kind of difficult to say if that demand will be there uh, yes the units that the efficiency units that they're proposing are smaller than ones that we have in downtown right now um, so it's kind of it's kind of hard. You're not going to find a comparison out there, and you know it, it's it is an impressive project. It, it's a big commitment. It's a big risk for a developer to take on something like this. Um, I don't want to uh, diminish that at all. It, it definitely is, but it will be a new product on the market for residential units in this community. Um, so we have to trust that that the developer. With their expertise has done market research on that to, to make that determination. Right, I got a lot of other stuff I want to ask you about, but there's one yeah. other really critical point on this, which is that the current owner says if the uh, alderman turned down this zoning request and the deal with this out-of-state developer falls through, he says he can just go ahead and convert the whole building to government-subsidized housing. Uh, d- does anybody have a sense as to whether he's serious about that, and and how could that uh, impact the decision-making process here? Yeah, well, I've not spoken to the current owner myself, uh, so I've not had any conversations with them about that. Um, it's uh, it's it's always disappointing when the conversation for land use kind of goes that direction, where people kind of start making, you know, uh, assertions uh, of that that are, are somewhat radical in that way. Once again, currently the building is zoned for 200 residential units and 200 hotel units, so you couldn't just convert the whole building over, but. I, I'm not real familiar with uh, subsidized housing. That's not something I'm familiar with, so I'm not sure if he would be able to do that or not. But I'm hoping that we can keep the conversation on a more positive level as opposed to, you know, the point where maybe we're, you know, making threats or assertions that, you know, that that, uh, that show the emotions attached to the situation. We'll watch this very carefully tomorrow night before the Springfield City yeah. Council. Ryan McCrady's here, Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. Uh, another uh, interesting wrinkle in all of this uh, is that Mayor Jim Langfelder has introduced an ordinance. It'll be on first reading tomorrow night, so debated uh, later this month or early next month. Uh, but that would be another thing that could lead to a, a pretty significant need for hotel rooms downtown. The ordinance is essentially a resolution declaring 
sharing the city's support for getting a state license to have a downtown casino, a full-fledged casino that the mayor says would focus more on table games like craps and blackjack and things, uh, and not so much on video gaming, because we already have a lot of those terminals. Uh, and also then sports betting would be a big component of this as well. Uh, from, from an economic development perspective, uh, is this a good idea, and is the community support there uh, for a full-blown casino in downtown Springfield? You know, I don't know if the community support is there for uh, the casino, but it's definitely something that I would appreciate the growth alliance, you know, digging into and learning more about. Uh, I think it's easy to say that that having a casino presence would appeal to convention attraction and co- convention traffic. Um, one of the things that has changed over the years is uh, the video gaming that's now present in so many places around the community. We got to figure out, you know, what kind of negative impact, if any, that would have to our small businesses that that see that as an essential piece of their cash flow for, for their operations too. So once again, here we are, we're in a situation where it's not just a layup, right? It's, it's not, a, not an easy decision. Um, the gaming industry has changed a lot in the recent years with the addition of sports betting. Uh, sports betting uh, seems to be a, a, a very active uh, operation and um, the amount of folks uh, wagering money in the sports betting has, has definitely been uh, been impactful onto the, to the state budget and shows real, a real demand for it. Um, so it'd be interesting to, to, if the council approves moving forward with that, you know, digging into that conversation and learning more about it. Um, we want to make sure that we talk to you know, folks in the industry. And the good news is, is we wouldn't be the first community to tackle this. So I'm sure we can also find some case studies, relevant case studies to take a look at. And it should be noted again, the mayor's vision of this would be to limit the number of video gaming positions so that we don't mm-hmm. cut into uh, the revenue from uh, other businesses that have that established already, but provide some things that aren't currently readily available here. That should be a fascinating debate as well. Uh, recently, Governor J.B. Pritzker uh, talked about uh, his desire for the state to establish what's called a closing fund. Other states like Michigan have this. It's essentially a pool of money that's set aside so that if we were uh, competing with other states, States to try to land a big employer, a factory, big project of some sort, uh, and it was coming right down to the wire, we could reach into that pool of money and pull out a whole bunch of cash for various incentives, grants or loans, you know, something to, to help sort of sweeten the pot there. How helpful would something like that be to local efforts, and, and do we need to have a, sort of a, a local uh, analogous component to that where we'd have a smaller local fund to do the same thing? Well, it's, uh, I can give you some general comments on that. My understanding is this comment by the, by the governor came up through an editorial board interview uh, regarding his campaign. And so just so people understand, when you look at these closing funds in some other states, specifically like Michigan, I don't want folks to have the impression that this is just a gigantic check that's written to the business. Uh, typically, these additional funds come in to help with some targeted things. Maybe it's running infrastructure, so water, sewer, electricity, gas, something like that to a site uh, to help with uh, the cost of of, of site preparation. Um, A lot of times they're tied to targeted industries. This isn't just something that's available to any industry. Most states target those into targeted industries. I, I do have to say that these closing funds get a lot of attention. But it's really the last incentives tend to be the last thing we end up talking about with business prospects that are looking at our community. Um, if you don't have the workforce, if you don't have the sites, if you don't have the other critical things they need, maybe you know geolocation where suppliers or customers or or logistical uh, services that they need, we never even get to that conversation about incentives. And you know the incentive programs we have here locally right now, 
um, are all tied to the developer making the investment first, and then those incentives are received back through some type of credit, tax credit, or or something like that. And I really like those because you know there's there's some really bad stories around the country about governmental bodies writing checks to the developers for things that never got built. And so I really try to focus on incentives that are a reward back to the developer after they made their investment and after the community starts to see that positive economic impact and tax impact of the development. Seems like a a good strategy. Ryan McCready, before we let you go, uh, since the last Mm -hmm. time we talked, the uh, Springfield School Board uh, approved that uh, that deal with the Legacy Point Sports Complex to give them uh, a tax uh, break, essentially, over the next 10 years uh, that should help uh, make it more uh, economically viable for them to proceed with that project. Where do we stand now with that? Are they all locked in now? Everything, all the financing lined up, and are we on track for a a groundbreaking in the next few months? The developer is very close to closing on the financing. They've had soil borings done at the site. Um, so uh, the, the, the bids are, are out with contractors right now and coming in. So they are rapidly moving towards the groundbreaking at the Shield Sports Complex. Uh, so this is very, very good news for our community. Um, it, it's really hard for me to even conceptualize for citizens what this is going to mean for our community when this uh, operation gets up and running. But I'm, I'm really excited about the progress the developers making and uh, the fact that these plans are out being reviewed by contractors, bids are coming in, soil borings are done. These are all signs of the momentum that this project has to move towards closing here very soon. Lots of excitement in the air. Ryan McCready is the CEO of the Springfield Sangamon Growth Alliance. We always appreciate your time. How do people find out more about what the Growth Alliance is up to? They can check us out on the internet at thriveandspi.org, also on social media. Uh, So please check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. You're welcome to give us a call on the telephone at 217-679-3500. Be happy to talk to you about what we can do to assist you, your business, or anything else that's going on in the community that that will help grow the economy of Springfield and Sangamon County. Ryan McCready, we always appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us here. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you having me on. Here on 92.7 WMAY.